This is East Carolina Offensive Coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. We are talking one of my favorite things, hired football on the sports objective. Welcome into the Sports Objective as we have another great show lined up for you. And uh, the summer has been going by fast, and certainly we love to talk about college football. And uh, Bubba Rosenbaum, how are you, man? Doing well, Dave. Hope you are. No doubt. Uh, next, uh, in fact, uh, we love when we talk college football to have great guests. Bubba, another one of our favorites, back on with us. Yeah, this guy was just at Media Days for the SEC in Nashville. Very excited to welcome Chris Doring back from the SEC Network. And Chris, how are you? Hey, I'm good, guys. Good to be back with you. Sorry I'm doing this from my car, but got hit with a little rainstorm in the Jeep and had to pull over and navigate that whole deal. So uh, nonetheless, good to be with y'all. No doubt. We uh, we got Kyle with us now. Uh, Kyle from LaGrange Barber also. Uh, he's coming on with us. Uh, but uh, one thing that I heard, I, kn- I just uh, literally, it's funny when you do a live show, Chris, you have like things in mind you're going to talk about. Um, and then I saw there was a report from Brett McMurphy that Colorado is going to be moving to the Big 12. So I wanted to get, before we even get diving into what I had planned, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was crazy that they left to begin with. Uh, I think right. it's always been a good fit there in, in that conference and uh, glad to see them going back. Obviously, you know, further proof that the uh, the, the Pac-12 is on life support, but uh, I've heard jokes from around the SEC wanting to know if uh, they'll take Missouri back, too. I, that, that's not me. That's some other people <laughs> say, but uh, certainly some uh, some weird fits in college football these days with UCLA and USC heading to the Big Ten and and uh, just uh, interesting movements this time of year. Chris, with Colorado's move to the uh, – this is Kyle, by the way. With Colorado's move to the uh, Pac – or excuse me, from the Pac-12 to the Big 12, uh, do you agree with me? I think it's pretty much imminent that Washington and Oregon will be hidden to the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that everybody's scrambling for for uh, life rafts right now. So, uh, I, I mean, I think that probably makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm interested to see what, you know, these uh, numbers growing in, in other conferences does uh, to further expand. I mean, I think we've been talking about forever having four, you know, power power four conferences that have, you know, mega conferences that have 20 or more teams in them. So interested to see how the dominoes continue to fall as the movement takes place. What about the uh, four corner schools? Do you think they'll also go to the big 12? You know, I, I, I really have no, uh, no idea what these folks are going to do. It's interesting to, to think about all the uh, back channeling and communication that's going on. And, and uh, you know, where, where people find the, uh, the best opportunity to, uh, to keep the revenue up as much as possible. Dave, I think it's pretty – I think with Colorado making that decision today with the Pac-12, you know, basically their, their new media deal is done and it's similar money to what the ACC has. So I think with Colorado making that decision, uh, I think that pretty much indicates Michigan – excuse me, that uh, Oregon and Washington are headed to the Big Ten eventually. And when that happens, those those other three full corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, are going to get to the Big 12 too. It'll be interesting to see 
and then we'll dive into the SEC. But it'll be interesting to see the Pac-12 if they're left with Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal. You know, uh, can they well, can they survive? I don't, I don't know at what point uh, how many teams have to leave to vote to dissolve the league. It's down Some to four, don't... I thought. Huh? When it gets down to four, I thought they have to. I, I don't know. It depends league. on the conference bylaws. Uh, the, yeah. the Big East, you know, they survived with three schools and then added and became the American. So I, I, I don't know um, what, what what their bylaws are. But if, if the Pac-12 survives, the Mountain West will be ripped apart. And, uh, you know, just for our listeners, if if the Pac-12, if all this plays out the way it looks like it's going to play out, you know, SMU is, you know, a lot of people are talking about them going to the Pac-12. If the Pac-12 decides not to come that far east, it could be interesting for the American after the Mountain West is raided by the Pac-12 if they survive. Uh, some of those remaining Mountain West schools, the American could be in the position to take from the Mountain West after the Pac-12 does. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Shifting to the SEC, um, obviously that's where you focus, Chris. Uh, Over the last couple years, you know, or a few years, it's been Georgia, Alabama. Last year you had Tennessee that that, uh, really had a nice season. Uh, So, you know, and then obviously LSU. LSU got better as the season went on, even though they kind of stumped their toe there late against Texas A&M, still made the championship game. So what's your take on uh, some of those front runners? Yeah, I mean, I think Georgia's obviously head and shoulders above everybody else in the conference, and that includes Alabama. Um, they're the best program in the, in the nation. I expect them to go 12-0 and again this year. I expect them to win the SEC championship, and I expect them to win uh, a third straight national title, first uh, program to do that since the 30s when Minnesota did it. So um, I, I think the interesting storylines for me are who wins the West, um, I, I believe in LSU. I believe in that improvement you talked about that uh, Brian Kelly transformed them from the team that played FSU to the team that, that was able to make it to the, uh, the SEC championship game. I, I called the, um, the, the Citrus Bowl and, and uh, was on the sideline for that. I saw a team that is really well-connected with great chemistry, a mix of youth and experience, and uh, a lot of talent. So uh, I think they take a step forward. And I honestly believe Alabama takes a step back. Wow. Uh, two, two new coordinators. Uh, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Uh, to me, maybe the biggest, most frustrating thing is the lack of real development of the offensive line the last couple of years, the lack of development of the wide receivers. Obviously, they, they recruit the, the best uh, of the best, but um, those two units have been largely disappointing and, and under what the expectation level is typically for uh, Alabama's programs at those two positions. So, um, I, I think uh, that's kind of how I see it shaking out. Another rematch in the, SC, uh, in the SEC championship game between Georgia and LSU, and, and Georgia ultimately winning. You continue on with the West. Uh, you, you mentioned Alabama, uh, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, you know, with all the money they're paying him this year, I think it's kind of put up or shut up time. Interesting dynamic with uh, his new offensive coordinator. Uh, how do you think that's going to play out? Two very big personalities there. Yeah, it was interesting at Media Days how uh, hesitant Jimbo Fisher was to admit that he was passing play calling duties over right. to uh, Bobby Petrino. Um, reluctantly, finally did, I believe, on Feinbaum. But, um, you know, I, I, I can understand his uh, his resistance. But, I mean, that's what you brought Bobby Petrino in. And um, you need you need an infusion of some new ideas and some, some better development of the quarterback. Hunter Wegman, I, I think, will probably win that job. But you know, he's got to get better from where he was last year at the end of the season. I think his experience uh, in the second half of the year certainly will help him. 
But I, I like Texas A&M's position this year. I like them being under the radar. They were way overhyped the last two years. Nobody's really talking about them right now. There's a lot of youth that, that returns. They got some experience last year. The defensive line had to, or the front seven had to struggle through playing 17 and 18 year old kids there. And that's not an ideal situation for the SEC, but those guys will be better. Uh, and I honestly believe that, you know, that Texas A&M could be a, a dark horse kind of team in the West this season. Do well, you think Jimbo and Petrino can coexist? That That's kind of my concern. Uh, I could see them about three games in ready to strangle each other. Yeah. I mean, I think they're grown men though. You know, I think they understand the dynamics. If, if they, if, they're going to both survive. They're going to need to do it together. And, um, you know, I really like the, the the tone of the guys I talked to. Anaya Smith, one of my favorite players in the in the SEC, uh, returns from that injury that, that kept him out for most of the year last year. He seems very focused. There's a sense of urgency about the team in general. And uh, like I said, I like them being a little under the radar this year as compared to where they've been the last two. Chris, what about uh, as far as the Eastern – a division. Do you think somebody like a Kentucky could surprise folks? I mean, Coach Stoops is doing a great job. I'm not saying like we don't know that the program is great, but what about like Kentucky or what is your surprise team this year? I actually have Kentucky finishing second in the SEC East. Now, those wow. of you that know me uh, know that I've been a fan of this program and of Coach Stoops for a long time. I went out on a limb and predicted them to go 11 and 1 last year and beat Georgia and go to the SEC championship game. Obviously, they did not do that, fell well short of, uh, of that, but. Um, I think, you know, two of the biggest moves of the offseason in the SEC included getting Devin Leary over from NC State and uh, also bringing Liam Cohen back. I think Liam Cohen is one of the most underrated coordinators in the country. I thought he was destined to be an NFL guy. After one year, he returned to Lexington, and that speaks a lot about what he believes in and what's possible there and what uh, Coach Stoops does to give him some autonomy in running that offense. So if the, if the offensive line can be anywhere better than what they were last year, They've got a really good group of wide receivers, the best group that they've had probably in the history of the program. Uh, the, the running back from Vanderbilt, uh, Ray Davis, comes over and gives you a thousand yard back, a proven guy in this this conference. And so I, I really think it all comes down to the offensive line doing uh, much better than what they did last year and allowing all those offensive skill position players to to do their jobs. Looking at the East, uh, Shane Beamer in year three of South Carolina, one of my one of my favorite guys in, in, in college football, such a nice dude. Uh, they really took a big step forward last year, the second half of the season to South Carolina. Uh, big week one game in Charlotte with uh, the Tar Heels. Uh, what, what do you what do you think uh, of the Gamecocks uh, for 2023? Yeah, they're one of the most difficult teams, I think, to kind of figure out. You know, they got hot at the end of the year. We remember the way Spencer Rattler was carving up Tennessee and Clemson's uh, secondary. Um but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of questions. You lose some really good players, uh, particularly at the tight end position with Austin Stogner going back to Oklahoma and Jaheim Bell going to Florida State. You lose Marshawn Lloyd at the running back spot, too. So uh, I'm a big fan of, of Juice Wells. Uh, I think he's uh, one of the best wide receivers in the conference. Uh, but I, I, I'm interested to see how Dow Loggins, the new offensive coordinator, can put his fingerprint on the offense and expand on kind of what they were able to do at the end of the year. Uh, I just I, I have questions about you know the running back position, and I have questions about the offensive line. I mean, it's funny because they've been able to build you know some pretty good defensive lines over the last couple seasons, but the consistency on the offensive line has been quite a, kind of elusive. So um, it's a, a big for me. That's one of the biggest uh, range from from ceiling to floor. Uh, I could see them you know maybe winning eight nine games, and I could see them also winning 
five games. So I, I, I a lot depends on Spencer Rattler being able to continue what he did at the end of the year last year. Talking about quarterback play, sticking with the East, you had a tremendous season last year for Hendon Hooker. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Joe Milton stepped in, uh, performed pretty well. Um, but how do you see the Vols doing this year under Josh Heupel and staff? Yeah, I was surprised to see uh, the statistic uh, that our sports and information group gave us before the, the uh, media days. Is uh, Tennessee hasn't won back-to-back, uh, haven't won 11 games in back-to-back seasons since 97 and 98. We know what they did in 98 with T. Martin winning the national title. Uh, it's difficult to win that many games. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of room to go up, honestly. I, I do believe in Joe Milton. Um, but I think there's a lot of teams this offseason that have spent time studying that, that Tennessee offense, how they can try to defend, you know, what, what their uh, their deep choice uh, routes are, that little two-man combination they run. Uh, so I think you're going to see a lot of creativity. I think you'll see a lot of people trying to replicate what Georgia did last year. That, that, that game plan was to be physical with Tennessee, physical with the receivers on the outside, physical in, in the way that you bring the rush up the middle. Uh, that, that the drop of the quarterback is very shallow to make sure they can compensate for being ready to throw the ball quickly on some of the, the uh, options in that choice route. So I think you'll see a lot of people trying to uh, to do the same thing as what Georgia did. The question is, do they have the personnel to be able to accomplish that? No doubt. And before we let you go, we've got a question from one of our viewers, Shell Powell from Charlotte, home of the uh, first ESPN. I know the game day is going to be there, North Carolina, South Carolina, he says, hey, Chris, my dad is a UGA grad, and with that said, I always love watching you play, even though you're a Gator. He said, what is your thoughts on the UGA quarterback battle? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I take – Aaron Murray is a, a good friend of ours and obviously close to that program. I take a lot of what he says to heart, and uh, he's been very high on, on Carson Beck. Um, it, it's interesting because as I look at uh, Alabama, you know, I dock them for having a new offensive coordinator. I dock them for not knowing who their quarterback is going to be. And quite frankly, the same is true at Georgia. Uh, new offensive coordinator taking over there and Mike Bobo. I expect them to do a lot of the same things that Todd Munkin did last year. Uh, and a, a new quarterback uh, with some uncertainty on who exactly it's going to be. The difference in those two programs, though, is the talent surrounding the quarterback on that offense. They got the best offensive line in the conference and probably one of the best in the country. Uh, They got a really talented group of pass catchers. Now, in the years past, we've been talking about tight ends, but this wide receiver, I think this might be one of the best wide receiver cores in the conference. When you look at Ladd McConkey coming back, uh, you look at the fact that they added Dominic Lovett uh, over from Missouri. Ra-Ra Thomas reportedly has some work to do after arriving from Starkville. Uh, uh, Aaron Smith, though, they they got some really good, players that uh, I think you know Georgia hasn't had access to. So the, the supporting cast, to me, minimizes the questions that I have as the quarterback uh, you know, situation gets some clarity and having a new coordinator in there. I expect the, the dogs not to miss much of a beat this season. So they're going to win it all, a three-peat, like you said. So that beat my last question I had for you uh, when you told us earlier on. Chris, how can people get up with you? And I know uh, they can watch you on the SEC Network. We enjoy your work. Yeah, thank you very much. We get shows starting uh, next week, actually. I'll be on the SEC Network on August 2nd and August 3rd. Uh, every day I do morning radio with Peter Burns and Alyssa Lang, uh, al- yeah. alternating as my co-host. So that's uh, Sirius XM Channel 374, the SEC channel. And then on Twitter, at Chris Doring and Instagram, at cdoring28. All right. I know the busy time for you coming up. Appreciate your work and appreciate you coming on. Thanks for being on with us again. Yeah, thanks for your flexibility and having me. Take care. Sure thing. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye-bye. 
All right, Chris Doring there from the SEC guys. And uh, uh, Kyle, uh, Bubba, what are your thoughts about, uh, since we're talking SEC, we'll talk some more uh, SEC, something that we don't do a lot on the show, but uh, we're, to give a credit where credit's due, the, usually are the top conference. Uh, yet again, what are your thoughts, guys? Uh, George is going to be good, Bubba. Sticking with that uh, Eastern Division uh, in the SEC East, um, you know, we were discussing this briefly before we went live, um, talking about Mizzou, uh, Eli Drinkwitz, a former App State head coach and NC State offensive coordinator, entering year four. Uh, he has gone five and five and then six and seven in each of the last two years. So uh, really needing a winning season there. Um, that goes without saying. Last year, um, they had Georgia on the ropes there in Columbia, unable to close that one out, obviously. And then they really let a game, a game that I watched the last few possessions of. And then over time, um, they let a game slip at Auburn. But um, it, I'm very interested to see what the Tigers do this year. And then uh, also, you know, on the West side, uh, you have a first-year first head coach in Zach Arnett, uh, 36 years old, taking over for uh, the late Mike Leach, um, going toward a new offensive philosophy. So interested to see how that works out in Starkville. And then um, one of the premier coaching hires of the offseason, Hugh Freeze, back in the SEC after doing an excellent job at Liberty. I, I, you know, you talk about the Mississippi State hire, promote their defense coordinator. Uh, they're they're um, changing their offense philosophy. You know, Mike Mike ran his uh, his air raid style offense, incorporated a bit more run in Mississippi State. Uh, I think they're going to struggle this year. Uh, one of my it's it's going to be a late season upset. But go look at Mississippi State schedule and look who they play in November. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm calling for an upset. I'll just. Uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give you I'll give you a hint. It's an old East Carolina rival, Southern Miss. You got it. They're playing them in November, and uh, I, I, that's uh, I, I like I like the Eagles to pull that upset. So like Arnie, that's an old Arnie Spanier upset special, bro. Yeah, that's a, I, f- calling it now. Calling it now. The, <laughs> the Golden Eagles upset upset the Bulldogs in November. Well, and I take that as that's I take that game is in Starkville, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I figured it would be, but. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, for me, um, Bubba, when you said Hugh Freeze, I'm um, really excited for, about him coming to um, Auburn because he's a guy that could beat uh, – he's definitely a guy that could beat Nick Saban. The question is, can he beat Kirby Smart is the question now, and uh, we'll see about that. But uh, that was one of the things I was going to bring up tonight was Hugh Freeze, so I'm glad you talked about that. And what do you guys think about Billy Napier at Florida? That was another one I was going to ask you about. Yeah, didn't have an opportunity, uh, ran out of time to discuss some of these things with Chris. Um, you know, certainly try to have him back on during the season, perhaps. But um, obviously, Chris was a standout wide receiver for Steve Spurrier's Gators and played with Danny Warfel um, and catching passes from the Heisman Trophy winner back there in the mid-90s. But, um, but yeah, the Gators last year, 6-7. and seven, um, from everything you hear, they're recruiting very well. Um, you know, with Billy Napier and staff, you know, you hear he's so thorough, you know, tutored under Dabo. And then also Nick Saban did what he did at Louisiana with the Raging Cajuns. So um, I think I think it's just a matter of time before he gets it done. Um, Chris, I, I know he thinks their, their schedule, um, even by SEC standards, is very challenging. 
So um, he would not be surprised if the improvement is not reflected in the win total. I know Shane Matthews, who I listen to on a regular basis, uh, the former standout quarterback and SEC player of the year there in the early 90s, uh, that Shane thinks that they're going to win at least eight. And, you know, he's right there in Gainesville. He's their color analyst on their radio network and follows the program very closely. Uh, so, you know, I put a – a lot of stock in what he in what he says, I, and I I tend to agree that I think they'll they'll be probably seven or eight wins. We'll know what Florida is uh, pretty early. Uh, they they play um, the first Thursday night of the year, week one. Uh, they play Utah. Uh, yeah, the marquee matchup for uh, yep. Thursday. I believe that's August thirty first is the date. So uh, that'll be a, that'll be a fun one to watch. The Utes yep. and the Gators. It ought to be a very physical football game. That's yeah, so out out there in Salt Lake City after no- knocking them off, um, thriller last year in Gainesville, and um, you know, last year you certainly saw glimpses with Florida. Anthony Richardson, um, not necessarily, even though he's a high draft pick, um, still it was very early on in his Gator career and some inconsistencies there at the quarterback position. And and they have uh, Graham Mertz coming down from Wisconsin, uh, very highly touted coming out of high school. Did some nice things with the Badgers, but um, I know there there are some some doubters there, and obviously that's a, a big question mark how that will play out. How will Mertz fare in the orange and blue? But I think I think Graham Mertz uh, will turn out to be. Um, probably maybe not necessarily a better NFL quarterback. Uh, we shall see. Um, and I say a better NFL quarterback, that type of NFL stock going into the draft. But I think that uh, he will be uh, more consistent uh, with some of the pieces that he has around him in the, the offense, Billy Napier. And no question about it. And uh, what about, I want to get both of your opinion on, what about Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss? Uh, do you think, A, they can keep him, but also – does he stay there? But also, uh, what kind of year do you think you'll have? Yeah, does he stay there? How much do they want him? I think he might have reached his peak at, at Ole Miss. Um, he, it looked like when he first got the job, he was going to take that program to the next level, and they've kind of plateaued. Right. So uh, I think I think I think Kiffin's going to do what Lane Kiffin does, and Ole Miss is going to do what Ole Miss does. I think they'll be about a seven eight win football team. Yeah, I just I certainly think they'll be pretty good offensively just a matter of how well they can stop people um to to do more than um, what what they've done and that really i don't know just this is something that shane matthews i'll give him credit for this and um it's something you know the more he said it i was like well that that is true that um even though he's had success there in oxford they really, they really haven't beat anybody that they probably shouldn't have beaten. And they had that near right. miss with Alabama where Alabama came to Oxford and they, and they lost right at the end of that game. But um, they really haven't won a game that they, they shouldn't have won, so to speak. So we'll be interesting to see. And before we move on from Ole Miss and uh, the SIP, <laughs> what a – what an appearance Lane Kiffin had there at the media days. I'm sure you guys saw the picture on social media, uh, you know, a lot of comments being made and jokes flowing about Lane Kiffin and, and that hair and the, the appearance of being, you know, kind of 
like the hungover frat appearance. <laughs> yeah, did not see the picture, so uh, he looked a bit disheveled at immediate days. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can uh, access that and put it on the screen for our viewers right quick. Okay. I didn't. I didn't see the. I'm. I'm in the same boat with Kyle. I, I've heard a lot of audio, but I didn't see what you know the video of the coaches. I was listening to it on the radio, so uh, he got a, a pass from me at least for uh, the time being until I see that picture. Kyle, what are your thoughts overall? You you like uh, Georgia again? Uh, who are you going with? With uh, as far yeah, as honestly, winning? I've done a lot of research on the SEC. Uh, I, I, I you, it's kind of hard to go against Georgia. The, the return of Mike Bobo does not excite me. Uh, right. I'll say that. Uh, where did uh, where did uh, uh, uh home slice go? Uh, Munkin. Uh, yeah, where did Todd Munkin go? I. Well, Bubba, Bubba will be back in a minute. He's looking for a picture right now. Yeah. He'll tell us. But uh, uh, you know, Bubba's. Hey, it's been a while since he's been an OC in the SEC. I don't know. They may take a step back because of that. Todd Munkin's an elite offensive of mind. He's the offensive um, coordinator for the Ravens. Yeah, he's an elite offensive mind, so that's a big loss. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I'll go with Georgia in the East, but I don't think it's going to be a dominant as Chris thinks um, because of the loss of yep. you know, of, of Todd Munkin. Um, and in the West, I like Chris oh, LSU. Uh, LSU yep. got better as the season went on. Brian Kelly's an excellent football coach. Um, I, I like LSU in the West. You know, Alabama will be there, but uh, I like LSU, so I'm going to – I'm going to go Georgia LSU. And then, um, you know, after that, who knows? I'm not going to put Kentucky second in the East. So I understand why he did once he pointed some things out. Uh, you know, I think probably I'll go Tennessee for second in the East, Alabama second in the West. Yeah. Let's hope that, uh, Tennessee, as far as those, their fans, uh, that they will be able to, uh, have another great year, but they had, they got, they dodged a bullet guys with certainly with, uh, any kind of a postseason ban like we thought was coming but because of the mess with Jeremy Pruitt. So everybody in Knoxville, they breathe the sigh of relief and uh, they don't have to worry about that. But I just like, I'm a huge fan of Stoops at Kentucky. Um, I, maybe I sell them way too high, but I, I like Kentucky and maybe, maybe Tennessee uh, has another great year. I just, uh, that would be fantastic for those fans. I just don't, I, I don't think it's going to happen two years in a row. Maybe that's maybe that's just me. I could be wrong. Something, His offense some, is, go ahead. Something of interest about Kentucky that I don't believe we've mentioned yet, unless you guys mentioned it while I stepped away for a moment. But um, Devin Leary moving over from NC State, uh, yeah. taking over taking over for the departed Will yeah. Levis. Yeah, Chris uh, so, talked about so, that. Yeah, so yeah, Devin Leary moving over from NC State and so very interested to see how that turns out but back to the disheveled Lane Kiffin pitcher for media days there you go <laughs> he has you know what that looks like it looks like a and and, and I, apologize, I apologize for our viewers in the that's what uh <laughs> as you can tell when when I downloaded that picture that uh that caption was not appearing when I downloaded it so <laughs> So there you go. What's your mom's name for, for our <laughs> listeners? Is the caption? Uh, yeah. I, it, to me, it looks like he just came back from vacation from the beach. To me, it looks like he has a spray on tan, guys. A spray. Yeah, on, I, I wasn't talking. To, real. Yeah, I was referencing the hair more, not the uh, not the tan. There you go. Well, I can't talk about hair, so I have a face for radio, and <laughs> I don't have uh, the hair, so. Uh, anyway, it's going to be great, guys, to see how that plays out every conference. By the way, I want to remind everybody, 
uh, listening tonight. Don't forget our special college football preview Saturday, uh, August 5th. And that's going to be a Porky's Backyard Barbecue. Thank you uh, to our sponsor, Porky's, for they invited us. We were going to do the show, everybody be at home, but Porky's, Mark Holiday, and Miss Joyce, they said, do it here with us. And I said, okay. So we're going to be doing it from 10 until noon, Porky's Backyard Barbecue. And they do a lot of great catering. If you're interested in catering, uh, give them a call uh, in advance and uh, let them know. 252-661-0337. And they're located at 805 East Boulevard in Williamston. The Saturday Breakfast Buffet. Kyle, you've got to come and hang out with me. It's awesome. It is awesome. And you'll uh, you'll love anything at Porky's, period, whenever you come. I hope you'll... Uh, you and Jessica will come and hang out with me, but it's a lot of fun. Your daddy's there a lot, like me. So I see yep. your dad. I see your dad more than I see you. Um, well, my dad, my dad lives in Williamston. Um, I know he does, but <laughs> I but live an hour. I live an hour and fifteen minutes from Williamston. Um, right. I, I yeah. We, we'll try to be there on the fifth. Uh, if not, we'll certainly be there uh, digitally, vivid, or, uh, right. via 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 the podcast. Um, but we'll we'll try to be there in person. There's there, there's about a fifty fifty shot. Uh, hard right. believe that's next Saturday. Um, it's coming up quick, dude. I yeah, know. It really is. Um, I want to make sure everybody knew that. Yeah. And now, uh, you know, if, if we can, I don't know if y'all want to talk about the SEC anymore. I've about had all the SEC talk I can handle. Uh, yeah, very quick, very quickly, um, B. Pays says he <laughs> that Lane Kiffin looks like he's going to happy hour at the Hilton after a long day. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a media day. It's more like a happy hour. You're right about that, Pays. Uh, spot on as usual. What about, again, uh, the breaking news, if you're just joining us, Colorado to uh, the Big 12, a really big story, and uh, not what we were prepared to. That's the way this time of year works. We had a whole game plan of what we are going to talk about. We'll talk about the Pirates also. But, guys, uh, Kyle, you've been um, – I know that you are big like me and Bubba when it comes to college realignment, and uh, I want to get your thoughts. I, I think it's I think it's a good indicator that Michigan and Washington are going to the Big Ten. Oregon, you mean? Uh, I, what are the, I said Michigan. Jesus. You're, you're they're, they're already Michigan. in the Big Ten. I, well, I had it on my mind that I want to talk about Harbaugh being suspended. Okay, we can but, talk uh, about that too. Oregon, Oregon and Washington headed to the uh, Big Ten. I think it's imminent. I think that's probably a lot to do with Colorado's decision. Um, it'll be interesting to see how soon that happens. It'll right. also be interesting to see how soon the the other four corner schools make that decision. The Pac-12, you know, from what I, from all, everything I've heard, their new media deal with multiple uh, streaming and linear um, sources, however you want to say that, uh, is all set to be announced any day now. So I don't know if losing teams is going to throw a monkey wrench into that. Who knows um, how many teams will the Pac-12 eventually lose? Um, you know, if they're left with four or five teams, will the conference survive? I don't know what their bylaws are. Uh, if they survive, nice. are they going to are they going to raid the Mountain West? Um, there's some rumors that SMU is on their radar. Um, and, and, you know, I think things are going to probably get pretty crazy. I can guarantee you this: Colorado is not going to be the only team leaving the Pac-12. Correct, and and the fact is that I I think guys, uh, you could be I could be crazy, but I put in our chat: watch for Pac-12 teams to the American. I, I, what, I don't. What? I don't. I don't think that'll happen. I think the Pac-12 will survive in some sort, just like the Big East did. But I do think, I do think what could end up happening if the Pac-12 does survive in some way, shape, or form, and doesn't decide to go this far east and take SMU, and the American doesn't lose anybody, and the Mountain West gets disavowed by the Pac-12, 
meaning they take like six schools from the Mountain West, I think then the American would be sitting pretty to poach who's left in the Mountain West that we would want. So right. um, th- this could end up good for the American. It could end up bad. It, it, it depends. You know, is SMU on their radar in the Pac-12? Tulane. Uh, is Tulane on uh, I've heard the Tulane thing, I, you know, I haven't heard a lot of people discuss that. Um, SMU, SMU a lot. SMU has came up numerous times if the Pac-12 does survive. Um, I think the Pac-12 survives, but I wouldn't be surprised unless they're bylaws. It says, uh, well, I know what it says. It says that if you it gets down to four teams, they have to four. They have to dissolve the league. Okay, well then it's possible that, that the league could be dissolved, and and then nobody would have to pay an exit fee, because it is possible that Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, are the are, would be the only four left. Um, right. What the Pac-12 needs to do immediately to try to keep that from happening because if everybody doesn't leave at once then you can get members in now right that would keep that from happening so what they need to do immediately is invite san diego State. state boise state go ahead and invite in three or four from the mountain west yes immediately uh so the the league can survive if they don't do that if the pac-12 doesn't move in a hurry um they're living they, they then then what you said could happen. You could end up with some Pac-12 schools either in the American or Mountain West. Um, but would you I, guys, I'm guessing they're going to move fast and invite in a team or two. Would you guys take some from the um, some from Pac-12 and some from Mountain West so you kind of have a conference, if you will, like what we were typically know of a conference in the West Coast, and then what we talked about, like a merger where you have some teams from the Mountain West, some teams from Pac-12, and the, what we have with American. If they vote to dissolve, if if the league gets dissolved, if that were to happen, if they're left with four schools, which I don't see that happening because I think they'll go ahead and invite in a couple now. But if, if, if they do get left with four schools, then anything could happen. You could see those four schools join the Mount West. You could see those, those four schools forming a new league with Mount West schools. You could see, uh, you know, a hybrid of, the, of some schools from the Mount West, the American, and the Pac-12. You can see all kinds of things happening, but I think what will most likely happen is the Pac-12 will move now, go ahead and invite in some schools. So when they do lose some more schools to the Big 12 and Big 10, they'll have more than four members and be able to survive as a league. Maybe um, like eight teams instead of like the Pac-12 or the Pac-8 like it used to be. I, well, I think, they'll eventually, I think they'll eventually go back to 12. They'll eventually just totally raid the Mountain West, but I think for now, you, you, you go ahead and invite San Diego State, Boise State, UNLV, Fresno State, maybe those four, and, and that gets you, you, you. You'll have eight members if if everybody that you think leaves leaves. Um, so, uh, hey, I've got a question for you, Kyle. If you're right now, I know they came back in 2013 that time, but if you're Mike Oresco and you lo- you know he loves markets, would you go after UNLV? And like San Diego State, Boise well, State I, I, it, it depends on what the Pac-12 does. I, what I would do if I was Mike Oresco right now is call every school in the Mountain West and say, "Hey, um, look, you know the Pac-12 is going to come calling. Not all of you are going to get in. Uh, j- just, just you know, w- we'll be in touch because I really believe, like I said, unless we end up losing multiple teams to this thing." I really believe we're going to have a chance to uh, pick what's left of the Mountain West after the Pac-12 kind of takes it apart. Because uh, I do I do think the Pac-12 is going to end up surviving. 
I, I they may be, you know, and uh, we have uh, peanut butter hero that says Stanford and Cal are going to the Big Ten to be independent. What do you think about that? Um, because I've heard there. So Stanford and Cal doesn't get into the Big Ten. He thinks they'll go independent. I no, it won't happen. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you why it won't happen. Um, well, the playoff, right? Correct. If you're if you're one of the six highest rated conference champions, you get into the playoff. So um, that's why I think Stanford and Cal probably wouldn't go independent. Um, although I know Stanford does love their Olympic sports, <laughs> they got a so lot. I, of them. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You know where the best home for those would be. Um, but no, I, I don't think that'll happen. I really don't think they'll go independent because of the playoff format. With having the six highest ready conference champions getting in and starting in twenty four, I think uh, I think that's eventually going to force Notre Dame into a conference. To be honest, yes, yes, it is, and uh, that'll be interesting to see if they go Big Ten, ACC, what they do. But um, the rumor I heard a couple months ago, it was, it, I haven't heard any more. What and I told you guys, Stanford and Cal joining Oregon, Washington, uh, UCLA, and USC and in if the that, Big Ten. If that, if, if that happens, then that's then, six schools. Then, the, then if that happens in the fourth corner and the other three four corner schools go to the Big Twelve, then the Pac twelve is done. Oregon State, Washington State, who's left, and then it's just a question of whether they go to the Mountain West or the American. Um, so, and uh, how about that? P Pay says Arizona, Utah are next. UConn on our side that will kill the Pac twelve, in my opinion. And y- UConn is a you're right, Pays. Uh, in the last few weeks, I told uh, Semenza. He's not a UConn fan, but obviously he's from that area, and he couldn't believe it. But UConn is uh, one that they desperately want to be in a power league. I mean, who wouldn't want to be? And uh, they, they're they another one that, you know, the basketball is yeah, very good I, in the Big 12. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that that rumor that they could take UConn because of their basketball prowess. And the, the Big 12. The baseball. Uh, well, nobody's making moves because of baseball. Unfortunately, I know, but I'm just saying their baseball is no. also good. Yeah, in... it's good. But yeah, in their football, made a ball game especially. year. But the reason they would get in the pack, excuse me, the Big Twelve would be because of because of basketball. Correct. So yeah, I've I've heard the UConn to the Big Twelve rumor. Um, uh, you would <laughs> talk about an already. Obviously, this is driven by football, but talk about an already you know, pretty dominant basketball league becoming yes. even even more so with the addition of UConn. And then w- we know what Utah's done, even though they haven't been as good in recent years. And then obviously yeah, Arizona. Yeah. Um, Arizona's huge. Yep. Yeah. You have teams that are winning national championships and competing for national championships. With Arizona yeah. and special UConn, those two. So if, if the Big 12 asks those of the three from the uh, – from the Pac-12, they almost have to add somebody else from the East for West Virginia, U.S., UCF, and um, Cincy. So, how about uh, East yeah. Carolina, baby? It would be great. Unfortunately, I don't see it happening, but it would be great. That would be great. Uh, but you guys are right about the Big Twelve. Would be uh, the here's another thing, guys, that I've heard a lot, and I think I told you guys, but um, one of the things these conference commissioners are saying right now, I've heard it a lot over and over again. And then the talking heads, of course, talk about it is the fact that they want games starting like for their conference. They want every team, every single time slot from basically from, say, the noon window all the way to the 730 window or even later. And if you have a situation like the uh, maybe the Pac-12 or certainly the Big 12 wants to do that, but you have the Pac-12, maybe they want to come east even further than us. I don't know. I just 
I mean, uh, to us. Further than us. I mean, I meant to the say. The damn ocean? No, I meant to say to us. <laughs> like, further, like, past. Like, I got the, it. Uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. It, it, this, this Colorado thing is just the first domino to fall. There's going to be lots more to come. And we'll be talking more about that, obviously, because uh, I told you guys they were talking about July and this later than what uh, a lot of the speaking of talking heads thought. Um, but that's uh, they did say July. So I'll give them credit for that. I uh, want to give a shout out to Bubba. I know that uh, we have uh, hooked up with a great um, company uh, with retro T-shirts and also with sweatshirts. And I want to give you the floor to talk about that. Yeah, very excited. Very excited about our partnership with Homefield. Homefield's a premium collegiate apparel company based out of Indianapolis. They have products for over 150 schools, you know, whether it's T-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts, hoodies. Um, they, they do have some hats, not as, uh, not as many hats. I, I um, was clicking through the various schools, though, and did notice that they have hats for a handful of teams. But... Um, but yeah, no use it, Carolina hats. But but if you're in the market for um, some we'll new, pi- new new pirate gear, or maybe maybe you have another favorite team uh, in in addition to East Carolina, you you know whether it's one of your household names or one of those uh, one of those teams that um, maybe isn't as well known, but um, you can go to homefieldapparel.com. Promo code TSO at checkout, 15% off your order. And, you know, we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and, and if you want to support the podcast, that's a good way to do it. Um, we, we get a kickback from from uh, from any purchase made. Just, just be honest, put it out there. So uh, if you are in the market for some new ECU apparel, or like Bubba said, maybe you have another school you root for, uh, homefieldapparel.com. And uh, order yourself six or eight shirts and uh, put in promo code TSO. Save yourself 15% of checkout. And I know Shell Powell is in uh, Charlotte was uh, there during the Peach Bowl year. They even have that 92, that uh, 92 champion shirt. I want really bad. And also that gold one with the, um, I like the gold one with the old pirate that says East Carolina Pirates. Really cool. And the, that uh, on the screen right now for people listening, the scripted, Pirates uh, sweatshirt is pretty cool. And I know Bubba and Kyle, you like the no quarter shirt there. They have yep. on the screen. Now the pirates uh, champions, the 92, the peach bowl year. And um, I will get that because that was my freshman year. So um, definitely crave memories and uh, can't wait for our program to be at that height, uh, that level uh, or, or higher. I think that with the under Mike Houston. So looking forward to that. And uh, again, homefieldapparel.com. And remember to put the promo code TSO and you get 15% off. And like Kyle said, we are influencers, so we get uh, money for that. But uh, certainly a lot of great gear. And um, maybe we can talk to them about getting some hats, fellas. You're right about that. I thought about that uh, when I took a look at the website earlier. Um, but certainly, hey, we're off to a great start with the shirts they have now. Yeah. And again, homefieldapparel.com. And do not forget that promo code TSO, all caps to save yourself 15% at checkout. And no doubt. And let's talk about the media days uh, for the AAC. I want to get you guys uh, kind of roundtable thought about that. I thought Mike Houston did a great job talking, uh, speaking of the Pirates first. I mean, that's the team we cover. Uh, Kyle, what, uh, Bubba, what did you think? Uh, Houston uh, 
talked about, you know, he, he seems confident. He seems like he believes in the guys that, uh, uh, that, that, that he has stepping up. Um, you know, he, he talked about how, uh, we have so many guys going to the league, but, uh, he likes what we have. Um, and, uh, you know, kinda, kinda basically said what you'd already heard that didn't, 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 there was nothing really newsworthy from Mike Houston, but he did a good job. Uh, Shane Calhoun and, um, Oh God, uh, help me out, Bubba. Jeremy Lewis. Oh, thank you, Dave. Jeremy Lewis, yeah. Both very well-spoken, represented the program well uh, with what they had to say. Um, Shane Calhoun, you know, uh, talked about how he uh, expected to step up this year and become more of a leader on the football team, but he didn't want to say too much right now. He would let his play speak. Um, the <laughs> My biggest takeaway from that thing, and um, Bub, I know you watched it, was Biff Pogey. I was going to Charlotte. <laughs> Uh, you've read few, my mind, Kyle. <laughs> a, few, a, few, a few things. Um, one, I did not realize they had taken over 50 transfers from the portal. So uh, yep. a similar situation to Colorado and in, in, in the amount of players that were kicked off the team and the amount of players that were taken. Uh, he is a very confident man. He's extremely confident. He said they're not just some conference USA team coming into the American. They're a brand new team. They got tons of talent. Uh, he, uh, he was angry at the media for picking them last. Yep. He was angry at the media. Great they questions. Him, they didn't ask him more questions. He pounded on the podium. Uh, he, uh, he, he really, uh, he's something else, man. I'm telling you what, he, um, hey. he, 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 if he lives up to all he says and all the moxie he has, they're going to be one hell of a football team. Um, hey. hey guys, I wanted to throw this out into our great uh, viewers and listeners too. Hey Pace, uh, you know who he reminds me of? Not looks, but his, uh, mojo is like you said, I, I personally think he's Rex Ryan of the American. I, I really think that he may have one breakout year, but it's a lot of uh, a lot of smoke, man. A lot of smoke. I just don't see it happening. And I tell you what, uh, it reminded me of Ed Ozron without the charm. <laughs> oh man, that's another good one. Yeah, that, that's because Ozron definitely has a lot of charm. Yeah, he's got a certain uh, he's got a certain uh, you know Cajun likability to him. Uh, right. Yeah, I you know I'll tell you this, and 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 I and I never thought I'd say this. I do think he'll he'll make this thing a robbery. I think when we play them, we're, I you know I, he's going to have that team so fired up. He will have his team fired up. I guarantee you that. So w- when they come in here, they're going to be acting like this is their Super Bowl. The October twenty first. The problem is they're going to run. He's going to run his mouth that he's going to get our team fired up because I could see us not giving two craps about playing Charlotte, but because of his mouth, I think he's going to. I think he's going to get the fan base here. I think I do think Biff may make this thing a rivalry game. I think we may hate Charlotte by the time we play him. You mean you like him now? No, but it's more of a <laughs> it's more of a I don't want to play him. I wish I didn't even have him in our league. Kind of right. Hate I know right what now. you mean. Whereas when, yeah. by the time we play him, because of his mouth, uh, I may be fired up, and ready to hit somebody in the mouth. Because he, uh, <laughs> Bubba, did you get the? What was your takeaway from old Biff? Kind of same same situation. I think that uh, and just being being honest, you know, based on his comments, um, you know, to my knowledge, you know, no one has really stepped forward over the last two or three weeks since that happened. The the little um, social media exchange on Twitter uh, between Biff Pogey and Trey Cavanaugh, who's a quality control assistant on the offensive side yeah. up at App State. He's that actually so Jer- he's Jerry Moore's grandson. Uh, so, and he had, 
coached previously in the high school ranks there in the greater Charlotte area. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was funny. And, um, it was tacky. And he, he said, he said, nobody cares about what you, what you said, um, because you're an app state coach. And, yeah, and, 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 they, and they, and they have bigger aspirations than trying to win the Sun Belt. I mean, I mean, he, he is, he, 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 I think he's trying to create Charlotte. I think what he's doing is trying to create relevancy for Charlotte and right. trying to create rivalries. And uh, it's funny he hadn't made any comments about East Carolina because he knows we well, have to play him this year, uh, whereas App doesn't play him this year. But I, I, I just don't, you know, Bob, I don't know if you picked the same thing. from When I first started listening to him at the press conference today or whenever it was, uh, I, I, at first initially I thought, well, he's not as bad as I thought. Then by the end of the press conference, you were like, this guy's a prick. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Something like that. No, no. Uh, uh, you you can go ahead and say it, Bob. It's all right. <laughs> no, that's well, that, well. That's well. That's not what I said to begin with. But that, that's why I wasn't saying that. But uh, if you I don't just think said, uh, I, I I don't know him, so you know, I, I'll 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 reserve judgment. To, but uh, but no, what what he said, um, no, it certainly got me even more fired up for that game, and um, you know. Here's hoping our, our pirates uh, play the way they can play that day. But um, yeah, as as far as that's concerned, I'm like in just the, the home schedule as a whole, we just need to handle our business and uh, you know don't worry about what the home schedule is not. And I'm talking about I'm not talking about the team. I'm talking about fans. from a fa- fans' perspective. Don't worry about what the home schedule isn't. Sure, it's not the home schedules that we've had in the past. Uh, we we knew that was going to be the case, but our our pirates are playing better football than they've played in a decade. Right. So all all we can do is just like what we did in 2013 when we were in Conference USA and not in the American yet. That's right, and I tell you, Domin- one thing that- dominate where we are. Um, you know, we, we were, you know, beating, and I'm not saying it has to be to this degree. I mean, but just take care of your business. Where you know we we're beating UAB 63-14, beating. Southern Miss 55-14. Handle our business. Don't worry about it's a nameless component. And then um, that's what the fans need to do. Show up and support the Pirates. And let's stack some 10-win seasons together because that's something. We have two in our history, and those two were 22 years apart. Yeah, and it won't be this year. We're not going to have a 10-win season this year. We, we, we've got too many question marks. And, and quite frankly, our schedule is much tougher than people think it is. I uh, they did not do us any favors giving us SMU, Tulane, UTSA uh, all on our schedule. Um, I, I I really wish the American, and I understand why we didn't do divisions, because uh, you have a better chance of making the playoffs if you have the first and second place team um, in your conference playing for your championship rather than division champions. Um, that way you know the two best teams are playing, but to me, this conference would be a lot more appealing if we had divisions. I would much rather be playing Temple, South Florida, Memphis, UAB, et cetera, than playing UTSA, Rice, SMU, Tulsa. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We're, uh, we've got a heck of a coach and a coaching staff. I love the recruits. I love the transfer portal. Um, we're going to be – Mike Houston, I've never seen the coach more confident than he is right now, and he's not a guy that's going to be rah-rah – and just uh, doing a biff. I mean, that's a new verb, doing a biff. 
Um, he's <laughs> Biff is selling hope. Uh, we're not selling hope. And uh, we need to go out there. And that day, October 21st, I'm telling you, Pirate Nation, right now, what do you have better to do on a Saturday in Greenville? Uh, better to do than that because it's so much fun. The tailgating, they are doing a little, the game day experience. Well, the, the Pirate fans, go out there and get your, your tickets, man. The Charlotte game, as, as we're talking about specifically, is, is homecoming. And yep. the good news about that game also is uh, prior to that, we play – thursday october 12th so uh, you're gonna have like three straight saturdays of the home game before that one because we're on the road um then we play on a thursday and then of course we, we won't play the following saturday because we play thursday night so uh that'll be the first saturday game in quite a few weeks at home um right. so no matter what i would expect a good crowd for that charlotte game and i tell you what uh pays <laughs> pays is going to be spinning uh, tunes on the ones and twos. I know he does a big homecoming. You can plug that in the in the chat. But Pace, don't you have a big homecoming uh, show that you've got coming up? I know that he'll be playing uh, somewhere. Uh, so that'll be really cool uh, for sure. Uh, I love that bubble where you say the prop bet. Will Biff wear sleeves and Dowdy Ficklin? Or will it be more like Larry the Cable Guy? <laughs> Get her done. Yeah, uh, we'll, know more about, we'll know more about Charlotte and, and uh, Biff's attire uh you know he is an assistant coach he like to go sleeveless i would think that the charlotte administration is gonna ask him to wear a polo or something on the sidelines to look more professional as a head coach but who knows they may let him be him um but uh we'll, we'll you know we, hey look charlotte plays oddly enough we play michigan on peacock week two uh, the last i saw i don't know if this is official or not but charlotte's gonna play maryland on nbc week two so uh We'll we'll uh, we'll know what Charlotte is, and we'll know what we are uh, by the time we play them in uh, late October. Yeah, and uh, Phil still really likes uh, Charlotte, and I can't believe that because I'm like, oh really? Um, I, I just don't I, I don't he see does. year one. He, he he picked them. He picked them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Dave, he picked them. He didn't pick them last. I believe he picked Tulsa last, but I think he picked them tenth. Yeah, I was surprised. Are, Dave, are you talking more about uh, big pitchers more so than this year? Was Phil still saying that that he liked them, the the possibility of them turning into a, a UCF or something like that down the road? Is that what you're no, saying? No, he. I think that he bought the bit, and I love Phil still, so I'm not dogging him. But I, I think he bought the uh, bill of goods. Uh, I think the something you heard on the radio. Yeah, he was on uh, okay, with the Patrick Johnson on ninety four three the game. And uh, I was just really surprised because. Um, well, he has them in his magazine. I'll, I'll grab it, but I believe he has them picked tenth in the American. So he has them behind us. So he, he must have been saying something completely different than what he said on, on in his magazine. What did he say? I mean, he's just talking about the fact of the, in other words, the transfers coming in, all the transfers. And he was, I think, buying into uh, that uh, Biff was saying that, you know, the team, the team is. Um, I, I, know, I don't know how the team is going to be, but um, as far as you, know, you said 10th place, I think maybe maybe he's just being uh, kind and, and nice as far as uh, the, they're, they're not as good as uh, is the hype of uh, Biff. And, hey, that's fine. Biff has to – he's selling his program, and um, that's the, part of the job as CEO, being head coach, is to sell your program. So um, one thing I'll tell you, Biff, yeah. is get more than 15,000 seats. He said he brought in 52 transfers. Uh, 
Yeah. And most of them for power five schools. Um, right. I think he said 20, I think he said 24 of yes. the transfers were from the, from the DMV, the, the, the Baltimore, uh, the, the Maryland DC, Virginia area, which is where he's from. Um, so they, they're going to have some talent and that's a lot of talent to bring together between, between, the- uh, between spring camp and, and fall camp. And, and most of those kids he brought in were post spring. That's what I, I was think. Gonna say. I think more specifically, those 24 out of 52, they may have not only been from the DMV, but they may have been from St. Francis because, you know, St. Francis has put a, a very large number of guys in, um, you know, D1 programs and, you know, pretty competitive um, FBS programs. So I, I think that may even be from St. Francis, but at the very least, DMV. That's where he was high school coach. Yes, prior to uh, going back to Michigan. That'll be interesting. You know, I like to say, uh, they may be a surprise. They, they've got some talent. Um, I can tell you what, if, if they're any good, <laughs> we better find a way to beat them. I'll just say that. <laughs> we do not need to be losing to Charlotte in year one. Uh, that, 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 uh, that would be bad. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Bubba Rosenbaum and Kyle Barber. Our LNK Custom Homes uh, show that we have the, the Pirate Football Playback on that Saturday night, uh, excuse me, Sunday night, is going to be like probably as big as our North Carolina A&T show we did uh, five years ago. I hope so, not. That would probably mean we lost. No, I know. I said if that happens, if I don't want it to happen, I'm just saying if it did happen, you know that a lot of people, now that we can take phone calls, people are going to be calling in on the, our Sunday night show, the Pirate Football Playback. And uh, we have I'm not yeah. saying I want that. Yeah, you, you're certainly right about that, Dave. But uh, hey, let's move on and discuss something else uh, because at this point in time, uh, no reason to, to discuss negative hypotheticals. Okay, what do you have in mind, Bubba? Uh, just sticking with Media Day, um, in addition to. To Biff Pochi's remarks as he left the podium, uh, I think I, I forwarded to you guys a couple of shorts I put out there on our YouTube channel from Trent Dilfer's comments. It had been pretty well documented on the comments that he made on Sirius XM, I believe it was, at least on a, a station there in Birmingham, uh, talking about the NIL and and tampering occurring with some of the UAB roster. Uh, so um, what, what were your thoughts on what Trent said, you know, elaborating on some of what he had already mentioned on Sirius XM? Well, I think that he has uh, maybe because of the player that he was in the NFL and the fact that he is a marquee hire. Um, it was a surprise hire, obviously, for UAB. But I think that um, with that program, with what Bill Clark has done and did uh, for that program, there was a lot of great players and there's definitely talent. So. Um, I thought it was good that he did that because I think he's sticking up for the program. And I, it's one of the problems. Even Mike Houston talked about it last Friday um, in Cary. It's a problem with uh, tampering, and that's one of the issues that they have to look at, just like the NBA. If I'm, I can't, if I'm an NBA GM, I can't go talk. If I'm with the Lakers, I'm not going to be talking to the Nuggets or the Suns or uh, the Celtics, anybody else, because that's tampering. And that's something part of the problem with NIL. And the transfer portal, different things, is um, there's consequences that um, some of us didn't foresee, and that's tampering is one of them. What do you think, Kyle? 
No, I agree. And uh, I missed what um, he said at, at Media Day. But I did catch Tom Herman talking about NIL. And I thought he had an interesting perspective. He talked about how certain players, and he used the player at Ohio State when he was an assistant there as an example, are worth or could have been worth or could be worth millions of dollars. He said yep. what's happening now with NIL, instead of those select few or players that are getting their value, basically every player in college football is making some money just to sit there and and and, and tweet about the YMCA, as he put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was an excellent line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, he you know, he, he said, you know, basically he said, you know, you should be able to go out and get your value, but basically without saying it, he said some guys ain't worth any more than a scholarship and now you got to pay them or find yeah. a way for them to get paid. That's basically what he said without saying it. Well, right. And then you guys know um, with the SMU, wasn't it? Uh, guys, help me. Isn't it $30,000 a player for the football team? Is it football and basketball? Or well, just what was reported last year is it it either thirty-five dollars or $36,000 wow. uh, for, for, for 98 scholarship players some bet- between men's basketball and football because 85 and 13. There you go. Yeah, that's right. It was, but okay. So th- there you go. You're right on the money, Kyle, with that is that uh, there are players that are getting paid that deserve to get paid, and there's ones that you know, that are lucky to have a scholarship. They're good enough to be a scholarship, but they're not the standouts. But you're right. If, uh, in fact, with the Pirates, we're going to have to raise um, the the par level for us is a, a million. So for uh, Team Boneyard, but we need to do two or three million because we're going to have to compete with the SMUs of the world that are in. They're not Alabama. They're in our same conference. So uh, we can say all day long that we, they have more money. They're a private school. This and that. Their endowment. Blah 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 blah. The reality is, we've got to raise that money, and I hope that people will go to Team Boneyard. I'm, you know what? I'm only giving. I can only afford fifty dollars a month, but I feel like that six hundred dollars is definitely uh, helping us out when it comes to Team well, Boneyard. One, one big thing the American could do is do what the Sun Belt does and allow non qualifiers and. If the American would do that, there are certain schools in the American, like Bryce, SMU, Tulane, that couldn't take them anyway. And that would really help schools like East Carolina, who can't compete financially with SMU, Tulane, Rice, because of private institutions for NIL. But we could get players that, you know, um, we can certainly outbid probably any school in the Sun Belt. So I, uh, I really wish the American um, would change their stance on that. I well, I just simply think it's our, you know, speaking of stepping up, we're talking about the football team. We have a lot of people that are not even in the pirate club. We have people that um that just choose season tickets based on if NC State's playing. Um we what yeah, we need to have is make, you're not gonna make those people you're not gonna make those people give denial. If they're only buying season tickets as if we're playing NC State or North Carolina, they're not gonna give to NIL. Um I what we really need to get NIL going. We, we really, you know, Greenville's a small market. We really need to get more businesses involved, not just individuals with the collective. Yep. Um, we, we, really have- need, we, we, we need a, we, we, we need some of, you know, I, I wish Vince McMahon would become more involved. Um, you know, I, Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. I mean, hello, he right become, there. If he could become more involved, could you imagine? I don't know. Maybe we have proposed it to him. 
50 million, be a Mr. Beast student athlete, you know, you know, and, and use East Carolina players in his videos. I mean, that would be a great recruiting tool that yes, would sir. be totally legal. It would nothing, nothing illegal about it. If you, you know, if, if you're an East Carolina player and you're appearing in Mr. Beast videos, and now you, you have a chance to be an internet celebrity because he's, you know, the, the most followed person on YouTube and what a recruiting tool that could be if we could work that out with him. No question. And once we get done with the uh, first 60 million uh, for only 60 million for, uh, for pirates unite, you best believe we've got a lot of stuff that we need to uh, definitely uh, work on on the second go round. And I, I know personally that they are, they're not going to stop at the 60 million. So, um, which is great, but the uh, indoor, as far as once we get the indoor facility, the baseball, obviously the basketball is already completed. We have the, um, they haven't, they need to work on the uh, teams building is the one that we've got a fundraise for, but the uh, women's locker room for swimming and diving is already done. They're just trying to raise money for some graphics they can put up, but we're really uh, in a lot better shape with the campaign, but we really, um, I know Kyle, we talked about it and Bubba, uh, with NIL, um, there are going to be people that don't agree with that. Well, give it to give it to Pirates Unite. If uh, there are people that don't think we should pay players, then uh, then put all your money in facilities because we really need. Uh, Kyle, we talked about it with Coach Houston said the NIL is the number one thing uh, for the program. I know Coach Schwartz talked about it on uh, his uh, interview with us back a few weeks ago. Uh, for Pirates Unite, you can call the Pirate Club, 252-737-4540, or one of my favorite websites, ecupirateclub.com, and you can go on there and donate. In fact, um, you can. Uh, what's great, Bubba and Kyle, is let's say that uh, you say, I can give $500, but I can only give it over four years. Well, guess what? You could give $125 uh, for four straight years, and you still have given $500 to Pirates Unite, you don't have to, the, the Pirates Unite campaign, you don't have to be a million-dollar donor, a uh, $100,000 donor, 10000 If you only have 50 bucks, 100 bucks, I think we need to push that even more. Yeah, yeah give what you can. I, I started a yeah. little campaign on Hoist the Colors about a month ago. And yeah. We raised several thousand dollars just doing that in, in, in about 48 hours. So, I mean, it's... Let's keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just give what you can. If you can only donate 20 bucks, donate 20 bucks this week, donate 20 bucks. Two right. weeks from now, donate five bucks today, donate 10 bucks in another week. If everybody would do that, we get to where we would need to be in, with the Pirates Unite campaign in a hurry. Then IL things is a different story. Is it, it would some people just think to give the NIL enough, That's fine. And, and, and but it needs to be explained better. It, it, I don't think it's been communicated to the masses. And you know, I know Schwartz and Houston have talked about it, but it needs to. There needs to be phone calls going out to Pirate Club members, et cetera, specifically talking to them about NIL. And we're going to get left behind if we don't figure out a way to get this done. Um, there needs to be some legislation to reel some of this NIL in. I'm all for players making money, but we, we need to get some legislation to reel some of this in. Yeah, I'm just curious. I'm putting in the chat about how many people on our show right now are giving to Pirates Unite and or Team Boneyard. That'll be interesting to see because – um, that's the thing. We need your help, and uh, we we talk to the folks at the Pirate Club a lot. And uh, when it comes to that, and obviously we appreciate Henry, Hank, everybody, Burn Davenport, everybody with Team Boneyard. I know they have uh, worked really, really hard. And and guys, they have been working uh, basically this year is when things really back in January 
they re- things really took off. So um, if you let me ask a question for you folks, how many of you guys want the Pirates to win? Well, if you want the Pirates to win, then I know I do. It doesn't matter how we think about paying players, not player, the name image. Like it doesn't matter. The bottom line is that is how we're going to compete. And if you're a competitor like I am and the guys on this show, we want our Pirates to win as many games as possible. That's how you, you keep your Pirates is to uh, do that. Thank God for uh, Coach Schwartz and NIL because that helped us save our basically our whole team. We only lost Javon Small in basketball because of pretty much NIL and we have a great leadership with Coach Schwartz and what he's doing with the basketball program. Yeah, yeah. A, lot fewer, a lot fewer players to try to keep in place. Yep. And I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but – you know, when it comes to these issues, whether it's Pirates Unite, you know, the Pirate Club's annual fund or Team Boneyard that we have on the screen now for our live viewers, you know, whether you're, you're giving to one or two or all, all three of those causes. And season tickets is actually four. Yeah, yeah four season tickets. Season tickets definitely as well. Um, we know how important the season tickets are. And uh, last we heard, we're right around 14,000. Last year we sold. 15,885, I want to say, or 15,835. Yep. So we, we need to top 16 and, and then keep going. But the two quotes I always refer back to, whether it's myself or, you know, talking to other Pirate fans, alums or otherwise about this, is what Ruffin McNeil said when he was hired at his introductory press conference. Um, what he said as far as what can I do today to advance the calls of East Carolina University. And then also what Leo Jenkins said, above all, I take with me the lasting commitment to answer the call of East Carolina whenever and wherever I can serve. There are certainly more important priorities. And if you're someone who just flat out cannot give, then we're obviously not talking to you. But if, right. if, you, lo- if you love East Carolina and you have the ability to give, we need you to give. And give what you can, like what Kyle said, give what you can. Uh, we were talking about that with $5, $100. No, 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 look, no, none of us are rich. None of us are rich. Uh, n- right. None of the three guys on the show. Bubba no, the I'm a school teacher. <laughs> Bubba's a teacher. Dave works in uh, hospitality at the hospital. Uh, I, I work doing embroidery work. You know, and, you know, Bubba's wife's a teacher. My wife's a teacher. And so it's, it's, it's not like we're rich and we all give what we can and that's all we're asking everybody else to do because we want to see the pirates succeed and we're probably preaching to the choir i would imagine most of our audience does give but if, if you're one of those people out there listening and you don't give give what you can you don't you know the minimum join the pirate club is a hundred dollars that's it and then right. the, to give the team boneyard or or to the um pirates unite campaign you can give what you want if it's five bucks if that's all you can give they'll take it that's right and that's the thing is that and like I mentioned before, guys, on the show, uh, for the baseball project, the expansion, if it's, it's 6,000 uh, members of the Pirate Club, if every single person of the Pirate Club gave 500 bucks, yeah. then guess what? We have uh, the expansion would start now. And, and that's a good point, Dave. On the Pirates Unite, you can designate where you want your money to go to. Yep. Um, unlike the Pirate Club, where it's just general, gen, general you know, scholarship funding and donation, you can specifically – earmark where you want that uh money to go to i donated all mine to the to the uh football practice facility but if you want it to go to football if you want it to go to baseball if you want it to go to basketball if you want to divide it up between all three that's up to you 
And I'll tell you that I'm making a big donation to the baseball team, um, to that project, and we'll unveil that very soon when I have everything official. Um, but I'm going to do that because uh, I think it's important, and I think uh, the baseball facility is so vital to us going to Omaha, for example. And I think we are so close, guys, like $3, 4000000 million away, uh, that if we can have more people step up, and um, like like we said, with the with the, those two projects, we've got to get those two projects done. Pretty much everything else is done, um, but those two right there with the indoor practice facility and with the baseball expansion, we've got to get those two done. So, again, uh, go to ecupiratesupirateclub.com, uh, or you can get, call them at 252-737-4540 for the Pirate Club. I've called it so much I haven't memorized, but... Uh, please do that. Uh, let's move on. I know Brandon had a question, guys, about Jim Harbaugh. I know you want to talk about it, Kyle, about um, he says, what do you guys, what do y'all think about the Michigan news? He's talking about it. For those that don't know that Harbaugh is going to be suspended for four games. I'll just say this. I've heard this for other people. Um, it, it It's uh, the reason that I shake my head uh, with NCAA is that, you know, they have a situation where, and I don't know the, all the ins and outs for Harbaugh, um, I'm not a Michigan fan, but he gets four game suspension. Then there, there's not a set rule for things across the board like there should be, and um, you know, and they and they're not making a big deal about it because we're a cupcake being East Carolina, according to you know the talking heads. So it won't matter anyway. They'll be four and zero. That drives me crazy because uh, I love my school and and hopefully we can go up there and uh, give them a game. That's what I'm hoping. I, I don't. I don't even know what Harbaugh did besides it being a recruiting violation. Yeah, you know, he suspended for four games. Um, I, how much of an impact will that have on the game? You know, who knows? He'll still be. You know, he'll still be coaching in the preparation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, I. Uh, it, it's interesting. It's a good talking point. I don't know how much impact that'll have on the game. What about you, Bubba? What do you think about Harbaugh? And uh, you know how important coaching is. Is it's probably you don't think it's a big deal, or do you think it's a big deal? I mean, anytime you're you're going to be missing your head coach, it's a it's a deal um, for sure. But at the same time, I mean, I I mean, it's not going to be uh, obviously he's going to be present throughout camp and yeah. you know helping dot all the I's and cross the T's up to that point. So yeah, could it throw a little bit of a wrench in things? Sure, but um, it's it's not like they lost three or four or five starters or something. Well, it's not like, you know, if, if suddenly they announce, hey, instead of it being a four-game suspension, he's fired, uh, like a Bobby Brown right. situation when Arkansas right. was preseason top ten and then John L. took over as interim head coach and they were awful. Right. Uh, if, if that were to happen and he wasn't there for fall camp, then, then who knows? But um, it, it, it as far as we know, it's just going to be a four-game suspension, and he'll be yeah. there to prepare the team and guide practice, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I don't think it'll have that much of an impact. It, it, but like I said, it is an interesting talking point. And if we win, then they'll blame the fact that Harbaugh wasn't there. So <laughs> they have, you have an excuse look, now. If, if we win, I, who gives a crap? I, they, can, they can say it because it wasn't Harbaugh wasn't there, because it was raining, because it was too hot. Who gives a damn? I definitely don't. I just want the win. Uh, so, anyway, uh, do you guys have anything before we go? I know we're going a little bit long, but uh, breaking news there with those two stories. So, 
with Colorado going to the Big 12, going back home, if you will, and Jim Harbaugh, uh, we want to discuss that. Do you have anything before we go? Just promote some of our content. If you missed our conversation with the new play-by-play voice of the Pirates, Chris Edwards, and definitely go and check that out. Um, receive some compliments on that conversation. and appreciate that uh, from some loyal Pirates and listeners. But um, also our position previews and then opponent previews. Check those out as well. No doubt. And then t- uh, we've got a big show tomorrow night, right? We do. We'll have Big Game Boomer joining the show. Um, that is John Whitaker, better known as Big Game Boomer on social media. He puts out a lot of lists, you know, whether it's position groups, uh, you know, a team's offense, um, coaches, uh, uniforms, whatever. He, he puts out a lot of, for each school. Yeah, puts out and puts out a lot of list, a lot of rankings, uh, you know, like Kyle said, including podcasts for each school. But um, his focus is the Big 12, but uh, he'll be game to talk. Uh, that, beyond, be, that, that, that's a timely invite. Didn't even think about that, Bubba. This was this was this was prepared before Colorado was invited. Yep. So it's very timely. Yeah. Yeah. That, that worked out well to have him on tomorrow right after the, the Colorado news broke today. I'm going to put him on the spot and ask him who his favorite uh, East Carolina podcast is. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to say he got it wrong last year. We know he made a mistake, and we're assuming he will not make that mistake again this year. That's right. Everybody learns from their mistakes. Hey, bye. before we go, we're going to remind folks again we've teamed up with homefieldapparel.com. And uh, hey, Kyle, they are awesome, man. I know you're in the t shirt business, and when, when it comes to used apparel, to be. used to okay. be, uh, not so much anymore. Well, I know you do more embroidery, yeah. Yeah, nonetheless, still your point still stands. Homefieldapparel.com, 15% off at checkout with promo code TSO. Support East Carolina, support the sports objective. Go get your gear for the upcoming 2023 football season at Homefield, or excuse me, let me get the website right. Homefieldapparel.com. Go get your your, your apparel for the 2023 football season, homefieldapparel.com. Promo code TSO at checkout. Save yourself 15%. Want to give a shout-out to Porky's Backyard Barbecue. Appreciate their sponsorship of the show. And, again, we're going to have our big show August the 5th, our college football preview. If you're anywhere near Williamston, they come by and see us from uh, literally 10 until noon on Saturday, August the 5th. It's 805 East Boulevard in Williamston. Call them for, hey, if you're looking for – Maybe you have a family reunion. You've got a big party. They can just give them some notice, and they can hook you up, 100, 150 people. If it's five people, it doesn't matter. They can look out for you. If you've got a big party or small party, give them a call, 252-661-0337. And, Bubba, I know, last but not least, certainly, LNK Custom Homes. So glad to have KK back. Kevin Walker is going to do our Pirate Football Playback, and thank you, Kev, for all your support of the program. Yeah, appreciate KK being back on board. LNK Custom Homes this year's title sponsor for a third year in a row of the Pirate Football Playback. Um, we'll have KK on the show here in the next week or so, um, right. trying trying to work that out with his busy schedule. And then we'll also have uh, another guest. Um, I will say, former Pirate Football player. Uh, we'll wait to unveil who that is. Oh, yeah, but but he'll be joining us uh, probably every week on the Pirate Football Playback to provide some perspective on the previous game as well, as well as what lies ahead for the Pirates. No doubt about it. I can't wait for that. And we've got a lot of great shows coming up in the, in the fall. We'll tell you about that. 
some ones you already know and some new ones we're working on. So I uh, look forward to that. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks to Chris Doring from the SEC Network, the analyst, and, of course, SiriusXM. He does a great job with uh, covering the SEC. Appreciate his breakdown of the SEC. Kyle, do you have anything before we go? Not a thing. All right, Bubba, do you have anything before, before we go? I do not. Go Pirates. All right, appreciate you guys very much. We'll be back tomorrow night. Check it out, and you can listen to our show, uh, all your favorite podcasts. Don't forget, by the way, one more thing, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're getting close to our goal of 1,000 subscribers, so help us out and uh, tell a friend, like us on Facebook and all of social media. We'll get out of here. Thank you guys so much, and as always, good night, everybody. Go Pirates! Every touchdown with a cannon's blast Get it on, get it all, get the wave going like a hurricane